This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to the 1912 Exiles podcast, the podcast that's made by Newport County fans for the Newport County fans. Tonight, joining me on this emergency podcast, we have Jamie Harris, Good evening. Ed Bridges Hello. and Jack Halpin. Hello. So, as I said, this is an emergency pod, only days after our last podcast. Um, as I'm sure you're all aware by now, that the club have announced that uh, manager James Robry and his assistant Carl Serrant have left the club after our defeat to bottom of the league, Rochdale who climbed off the bottom of the table after uh, beating us 1-0. So I just want to start by thanking James and Carl for their time at the club. I think we all wanted them to su- succeed. You know, it's kind of fairy tale stuff when uh, a man- young manager comes in managing his boyhood club, and it's, it's just a shame it didn't work out, really. So he leaves the club with 11 points after 13 games. We've conceded 17, scored 12, and we had a pretty disastrous run at home towards the end of last season that saw our promotion hopes fade away. Ed, should we start with you? Where, where did it all go wrong? Wow. Uh, I think firstly, like you, it's, I'd just say it's a real shame to see Robry fail. I think he was an honourable bloke, desperate to succeed at his own town club. Um, and I'm sure he will recover from this setback and I, I'm sure he'll go on to do well as a coach elsewhere. But um, I do think that the change was necessary. Results have been really poor. Our home form has been atrocious. Uh, and for me, the biggest problem is that he was making a good group of players into less than the sum of their parts. And that became very apparent in those last few home games. Um, you know, We'll come on to talk about what happens next. And I think it's really important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because I think there are some decent foundations that he has, uh, that he's built and that he's grown from uh, what he inherited from Mike Flynn. But for now, in terms of what went wrong, it's really obvious in retrospect, although I don't think we necessarily clocked it at the time, that Wayne Hatswell leaving proved to be a massive loss 
even at a time last season when we still had that fizzy three in midfield and Telford banging in the goals up front. Um, and one of the things we talked about uh, a few pods ago when we last had a, a kind of full panel discussion was the P word, pragmatism. And I think ultimately that's what Robry probably lacked, um, especially after Wayne Hatswell uh, left. Like a lot of first-time managers, I think Robry was maybe a little bit too stubborn um, and felt that you know to move away from his philosophy would be seen as a weakness. Whereas in fact, I think compromising a bit so that you can get some results while still moving forward is is what good managers do. You know, look at, at Mike Flynn as uh, the example of that. And so we were trying to play pretty football, but when it didn't come off, as was frequently the case, we just kind of panicked and reverted to desperate balls over the top rather than having a, a considered plan B. And ultimately, I think that's probably what did for him. Jamie, do you think part of it is a case of us not having as talented a side as last season with kind of Cooper, Kane, Azaz going, Telford left? although he's not been particularly prolific at Crawley. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with a lot of um what you're saying there. I think I think the Telford thing is probably not as big a deal. We do have like some decent forwards in our ranks. I don't think that's the the problem. Maybe that those midfield certainly as Zaz and Cooper and you know to a lesser extent probably Kane as well missing them uh it has been a problem. I mean the games I've seen over the last month or two we really struggle to have any kind of semblance of control in the middle of the park and uh, a lot of our when we do have possession a lot of it is like directed down the channels it's bypassing the midfield entirely and I think that's been kind of our undoing um, comes back to what Ed was saying actually about not having a plan B you know when we go one nil behind um, we struggle to sort of uh, wrestle the momentum back from the opposition and you just can't really see how you know the tides are going to turn in a particular game for us to start creating chances and getting getting some goals, getting the ball in the back of the net. Um, and I think that is a lot down to probably the the lack of quality in in the middle of the park. I mean, on paper, you know, we've been saying all all throughout the summer that you know we've recruited well. You know, we recruited early, recruited well. It looked like Robbery had got the players he wanted to. Um, but it's just not quite clicked in midfield for whatever reason, whether it's the quality or whether it's just the, I don't think it's the coaching, but just maybe the way that we're setting up and the way we're playing. And that's maybe where it's missing. But you can't really say that, um, you know, Cooper and Azaz are not going to be missed no matter who you replace them with. Jack, what do you think? I thought on the weekend that we, and it's not the first time, we just seem to struggle to lack a bit of cutting edge. We never seem to create any clear cut chances. Is that where you think some one place we went wrong? Yeah, I, I saw them at Swindon and saw them over the weekend. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I've got an authentic read on it. It's, it's really difficult. Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the reaction to what his morale boosting team talk is at halftime? I'm not so sure. It's not for lack of trying something different at halftime. Um, you know, he brought in Nevers, which. I don't know if he was carrying a knock or something, but he made a change, not enough of a change. Someone made the point on the forum that if he had a, a full string side, that results wouldn't look too bad. Um, I'm I'm a bit empty-headed on it because I, I'm not too sure what to think. If I was playing football manager, I think I'd give James um, that sort of free games or you're out uh, vibe from the board as if to say we want six out of nine points because um, the fixtures aren't that bad. But then I'm shooting myself in the foot because Rochdale should have been an easy one. 
Or was it a case that Rochdale were at the bottom and really scrappy and really up for it because they need to get out of that position and that just James is on the arse end? Like the results have not been good enough. But is whoever we bring in, and we'll get to that later, going to fix that? And who can say with any certainty what the true factor is? And I'm afraid and scared to find out because if the manager wasn't the problem, mm, difficult. But what can you expect out of a man who is literally not even 12 months into his foray about learning what being a manager is? Is that too lofty an expectation? Should we have been more patient to find out how he would deal with this adversity? Have we got the time to afford to do so? Because dropping out of this league system means a lot of loss of funding. No, we can't. We haven't got the time to mess about. So uh, it's, it's a difficult situation. Must be difficult to take. And I have all the sympathy in the world for James because he just seems like a, a lovely, lovely, lovely bloke. Jack, I was just going to say, um, you know, you're saying that maybe, maybe Robu just didn't have the... Uh, I mean, I, what I'm getting from what you're saying is he didn't have quite have the experience to sort of manage those maybe scrappier games in League Two, which I kind of, I do kind of agree with. Maybe he just doesn't, it comes back to not having a plan B. It comes back to wanting to play this like beautiful ideological football, which, um, yeah, we all sort of swooned over 12 months ago when he made his presentation to the the board and the members and all of that. Um, but, you know, when when games sort of gone against us, like you kind of look at you look into the manager and even the players who are experienced League Two players, you know, a lot, you know, most of that squad, uh, you know, uh, bar the young ones, but they've had a lot of experience as well with their various like um, elite academies. Um, you look to the bench, don't you? You look to Robri and, and the coaching staff to say, right, it's going wrong here. Our plan's not quite working. What do we do? And Exactly. Um, I, it's it's the pragmatism yeah. point. You you can play great football in the games where you've got the space to do it, but this is the fourth division. There are going to be 15 to 20 games a season where you're up against a side who play physical football and who don't let you do that. So you've got to find a way to play against them. Now, that doesn't mean just lofting it up to a big man necessarily, but, but you do need to find a different way to play. And, and yeah, we never quite did that. And I, I think yeah, on Jack's point about can someone come in and improve the players we've got, you know, you pay your money, you take your choice. I think this is a good group of players. I think there's some talent there. I think a lot of them are not the finished article, your James Waits, your um, Sam Bowens and so on. But I think there's some raw talent there. I think the shame is that we had a manager who um, was seen as being this great coach who would improve younger players and would be kind of tactically uh, really astute. And it, it hasn't quite worked out. But that doesn't mean that if you make the right appointment, you can't bring someone in who can get the most out of those great young players and help them develop and can find a system that works for you know some of the grizzled old pros and some of the raw youngsters alike. So with the right appointment, we've we've got some good foundations. We just need to take a big deep breath and take our time and make the right appointment rather than rushing. In expectations and setting them, you know, <sighs> have a look at what Phil Parkinson did, right? So he dropped two levels. And and what I'm getting at is that Robry's home for years was Cardiff, and that is the championship, and that has a style all of its own. Um, and when you drop two levels, is the style 
and is the culture and the 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 teams that swim around that league bring its own challenge that you will never have sort of had much exposure to when you were in your bubble. So for Robri, it would have been Cardiff in the championship just being a coach. For Parkinson, it would have been League One and around that. When he dropped, he struggled and they didn't go up straight away. And that was a bucket load of Ryan Reynolds' money. Um, so th- that's going back to where I'm a bit worried is that what are we... What are we letting ourselves in for with a swap manager at this time of the year? Better to do it earlier, admittedly, than than later. Um, I just, I'm not convinced by the squad. I know that's a really nasty thing to say, and I haven't watched much of Newport this season, admittedly, right? As much as I want to, I'm not convinced. Um, so I'm, and we'll get to this in a bit, not to go on spoiler cast for later, but. I'm worried what Darren Kelly can do with this squad because on his credentials. Well, that that segues on nicely then. So you watched them on the weekend, Jack. What what would you change to take on the now bottom of the table, Crypto Bros of Crawley? <laughs> A big kick up the arse. That's not very technical, is it? But they they need yeah. to start. They need to start alert. It's a very basic thing. With Swindon, it was their organic play that got us uh, got them into the scoring positions. The way that we got into scoring positions was was pouncing on mistakes. We can't do that because well-drilled players will just sniff that out all day, especially when you know you're at the bottom of the league. Your defenders need to be on their game, and Rochdale did. And they had you know in a six-pointer scenario, of which it definitely was. Now looking back on that, definitely a six-pointer scenario. Their defenders are going to be as tight as they can be, and they're going to park the bus. And you can't depend on players thinking, "Well, I'll just leave it in in I'll leave it up to chance that." the defender will make a mistake. So we need to get away from the mentality of let's hope that the opposition are going to be less um, and make mistakes and let's make chances and let's make he our own get a big play. chance in the second half, didn't he? Because of that, he was through one-on-one with the keeper because the defender made a mistake and he, he couldn't finish it. Yeah. I was going to come to your point, um, though. You, obviously, Bogle sort of, you know, I, I feel he's more like pressuring defenders. Because, I mean, particularly the Swindler game that, you know, we, we were both there and, you know, they honestly they look like Barcelona at times they kept the ball for so long and I think the only outlet we had was lumping it long down the channels and for likes of Bogle and Paul Will Evans who I'm sure is still recovering from that game uh, who ran so much um, but like harrowing the defenders and yeah we did pressure them into mistakes pressure them into some some long throws and some corner opportunities and things like that Um, I think that was the kind of game though where we already knew that the the sort of the momentum, the momentum was against us. We didn't have, uh, you know, the the run of the ball really. We didn't have the enough possession, um, and that's the only way we were going to get an equaliser that night. Um, I'm sure it's a, maybe a slightly different um, game at Rochdale. Maybe um, I I've only seen smattering of highlights of that game, um, but particularly the aways against the you know the the sides who arguably you know are challenging for promotion. Um, it feels like all of a sudden we're we're the underdogs here, which um, I don't think we've been used to under Robri um, until probably the back end of last season and, well, certainly all of this season. Different yeah, style of play. Possession-based quality, we didn't have it at Swindon, we didn't have it at Rochdale, so that means you need to be a counter-attacking team. We ain't got quality there. No. Absolutely. Ed, what, what do you think? More of Ian Street's different Bovril to start the game or...? Do you know what? If I um, if I was if I was Darren Kelly this weekend, I would do what I think Robry 
probably ought to have done two or three weeks ago. You know, get the players in, sit down and say, right, we need to just find a way to grind out a result. We've tried doing it the pretty way. What do you as players think is our best formation? What do you think is our best system? You know, come on, Matty Dolan, Mickey Dimitriou, Omar Bogle. You know, you've played X hundred games between you. You know, make the players take a bit of ownership over this, especially now that they are playing to impress, you know, potential new managers and to kind of show what they can do. I think they need to have a bit of the responsibility put on them because, you know, Robri, rightly or wrongly, has carried the can for where we are. I think probably rightly, but... The players shouldn't get Scott, get off scot-free in all of this. I would be saying to them, right, how do you want to set up? What do you think is the right approach? And then you pick a, an 11 that will allow you to to kind of do that. Yeah, that would be an interesting approach, wouldn't it, for a new manager? Just how do you want to play? If you look at it, this isn't entirely true, but, but crudely, you've got a back line of, I'm, I'm going to keep using the expression, kind of grizzled old stages, you know, Mickey Dimitriou, um, uh, Drysdale to some extent. James Clark, yeah, Clark Norman. Right, you've mm. got them. You've got your 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 sort of settled back line. Um, but then in midfield, you've got a lot of these kind of youngsters who are still kind of finding their way a little bit. Right, so they're and and we're trying. It's like we've got the back half of a Ferrari and the front half of a Rover two hundred or whatever. And like it, so trying to kind of mesh the the old style defense and and what we're trying to do with the new style midfield is quite difficult. So that I think was partly why Robbery was struggling was because he he was stuck with not stuck with the defense that he inherited but you know there were lots of players on two year contracts and stuff and and he had to kind of just just stick with those. And he's been trying to rush ahead and replace the whole of the midfield. So I think you need to try and work out with, with the players. Okay, if you're Mickey Dimitriou and you've been asked to play in this this possession-based system that perhaps isn't what you had expected when you signed for Newport County however many years ago. Right. What's the what's the system that you want to play now that allows you to use your skills as you see them, but with the the qualities of the players around you and in front of you? And like that's not a simple thing to solve, but like I say, part of it has to be asking the players what they're comfortable with. I actually think we've been trying to play like two different systems this whole time. Like with this back, this back line has been playing a different system to the rest of the, <laughs> the team. Um, I've never really thought about it. And so, you know, you, you sort of eloquently put it that way. I think particularly when we have like that back three, those like, you know, big nasty center halves who like, I mean, to be fair, they look big and nasty, but teams get through them on regular occasions, don't they? And then we have like the two wing backs, like the the two Lewises or whoever it might be, um, and they're almost like a, a in a different setup entirely to that that back three. Maybe maybe we need to choose one system and stick with it. It's confounding all over the place, isn't it? So you've got you know I, I was watching Robbie Wilmot with his shirt tucked in, who by trade is a left wing. That back. really pissed you off the shirt being tucked in, didn't it? I I couldn't quite work out what your is that going to be your beef? People players having their shirt tucked in. The only reason you're doing it, Robbie, is because there's 22 other players on the pitch not doing it. You just want more eyes on. You're just showing off. I'm joking, Robbie, but I love you. You're one of my favourites. But like, the dysfunction of the starting eleven at the moment is bizarre in ways. So maybe one of the basics that Darren could do is just go right, lads. What's your strength? Where do you want to play? Does Robbie really want to be in the centre of the park? I'd love to sit down with Will Evans and ask him what he thinks his best position is because he's played everywhere bar bus driver this season. Yeah. <laughs> Stick him in goal. Yeah. 
I was just about to say we picked uh, Townsend versus Swindon, possibly one of the worst games I've seen a keeper have, except for like big, miss, massive mistakes, but just never looked confident. Everything in his hands had one sort of bungle or drop. Everything. There wasn't a single one. It was the but, kicks, but, Jack. It was the, the kicks. kicks. Oh, my God. Yes, the distribution. What are you doing? And it was obviously bad enough to say, because I don't really buy that he had maybe that's me being cynical and I'm really good at doing that being cynical um but he swapped him out for Joe Day pretty much for that reason Joe Day was it's like a shadow of himself I don't know what's happened over the last few seasons we've had two decent goalies and if one has a bad game which you know keepers in this division will have you bring someone else in and then they have a turn for 10 games and do all right the problem that we had is Townsend had a shocker and you know who knows the reasons behind that but you go, okay, well, Joe Day comes in and he can now have his go. And then however many minutes it was into that Rochdale game when he gets beaten to a lofty ball into the box and you go, oh, God, both of our keepers are having a dip in form at the same time. And that- so I'm going to stick up for Joe Day a little bit there because if you watch it back, the um, not all of the defenders step up. So some of them do, some of them don't. It goes over the ones who step up and then, Day is having to come for a ball that he shouldn't be having to deal with. If they all step up, the striker's offside. If they all drop, someone's there to head it away. He probably should do better with it, but also the defenders probably should have dealt with it too. I think as well that um, Darren Kelly should know exactly what these players are capable of because he's in charge of recruitment. He recruited them to fit in a certain system. The whole point of having a director of football is they extend beyond the manager's tenure so that you can play and build and recruit into your philosophy. So he should kind of have an understanding of who these players are and what they're capable of and how they should play. What would be really interesting is if he changes drastically how we play based on the weekend, because maybe he's just not in agreeing with what robbery has been doing all, all season. You've got to give it to him. He's got a set of stones, hasn't he? Because what's the worst thing you can do at the moment to make sure that, or rather not make sure, but put at risk your job is to step in and take control. Because now, if you don't produce any results or any betterment, then what does that say about the direction that you've taken the football club into to the sporting position? doesn't look good, does it? It's a risk. Um, but then who else do we have? Because... Mark O'Brien can't do it. He's 29. He's got no experience. There's there's, there's no one else at the club could, could step in. So maybe it's a necessity. But fair play to Darren. It's put up or shut up time. I mean, he, he's got a bit of a mixed bag. You know, I, I've seen that he's he took a, a hide, a, a hide from like the doldrums of relegation and got them up. So he, he's got a bit of experience, but it's very low level. But it, yeah, he's going to have to stand by presumably all the players that he's okayed on and said, yeah, this is a guy that's good for Newport County. Well, who better to understand who to play where than him? Okay, so here we are searching for our new manager, just shy of 12 months after our last search for a manager concluded. Jamie, do you want to start us off with what kind of manager we should we should try to appoint, if if not specific names? I don't think uh, maybe the, the young first job in management thing is going to quite work for us. Yeah, we looked at how impressive Robrew's CV was and... You know, that's why we hired him. He present he did a fantastic presentation. We we loved him. We loved him on the pod when he joined, and we still like have you know. Let's say we still have a lot of respect for the guy. Um, he's clearly you know 
you know, he's, he's, he's switched on, isn't he? Um, I don't think we're going to see anyone interviewing for this, for this job of the likes of Robri. Um, and if they do, I just, I just can't see us unless that's the only people who actually apply or the only people we go after. I mean, we also have to figure out, you know, who we can afford as well. You know, you look at the list of, yeah, I, I don't really, I, I take all of the, the, the betting and all the odds with a pinch of salt because, yeah, I, it's just a list of names to me. Um, but yeah, I like the the idea of somebody with a bit of lead to experience who who's taken maybe even taken clubs up or has you know has has shown that they are a capable, sensible, pragmatic manager who's got a bit of flair, maybe a little bit of flair about them. But yeah, an old head like Pulis, um, an old head like Steve Bruce. You know, obviously we're not getting Steve Bruce. Um, but yeah, those kind of, I, I just can't go back to another Terry Butcher. No, thanks. <laughs> so the favorites at the moment are David Artell, Tisdale, Graham Alexander, Darren Kelly, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Kevin Ellison. I mean, what, what price is Mark O'Brien, Reese? I don't know. It depends whether you read the message boards or not. I put something in the chat earlier on about Mark O'Brien taking the job. His only ever thought when doing punditry is we should go more direct. We may oh, as we're well going just, pretty direct already. <laughs> I know we may as well just sack the midfielders if O'Brien gets the job. They will just play with nine defenders and Omar Bogle at the top to edit. I, I agree with that. I, I think to come back to what I was saying earlier, we're we're all really down at the moment for obvious reasons, and I think the danger is that because of that, we decide that we have to rip up absolutely everything change the personnel, change the tactics, change the board, get a new tea lady, recarpet the home dressing room, put down Spitty the dog. You know, it, everything's <laughs> terrible. we got to start completely from scratch. Not again. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, like, we, we mustn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, this is a decent set of players. Now, you can argue about just how, how good they are, but they're, they're solid. This group of players should not be getting relegated, I don't think. They just need a coach who can get a tune out of them wanting to play an attractive style of football is the right mission to have for anyone coming in, especially if we want to have bums on seats, but we've just got to get there one step at a time and and not try and go quicker than the players um, are, are kind of comfortable doing. You know, likewise, I think having a sporting director to lead on transfers so the, the manager or head coach can focus on improving what we've got is a reasonable setup. We just need a good window to kind of show it can work. So like all of the basics and the, the structures, I think, are good. And likewise, when we approached uh, or, or appointed Robery, we had a proper recruitment system in place. We took our time. We interviewed people. We asked, you know, how they would improve the squad, how they fit in with the current structure. Like just because it didn't quite work out last time, it doesn't mean that this time we go, oh, we don't we, we shouldn't have a proper recruitment process. We should just appoint someone who's a big name or whatever. Like if we shouldn't appoint someone who's going to take us backwards in terms of style just because they know the club well or because they're mates with the right people. And we shouldn't appoint someone who wants to completely reshape the squad. Uh, we need to bring in someone who will steady the ship and add a bit of bite maybe to midfield in the January transfer window and grind out some results. But we then want someone who can take some steps forward, you know, get us playing good football and and kind of build on what we've got. Question for you, Ed. If James Robry, prior to you know, his stint, his year in charge of Newport County, if James Robry of last year applied for this job now and we went through all the approval, pro- you know, the recruitment process and stuff, would you take someone like Robry? I think the difference now is that 
because you know it's too early in the season to call it a, rele- a relegation scrap, but because we do need to get some points on the board, you do need someone I think who who isn't in their first job in football. I think you need someone who is has been a manager before and. I'm going to keep saying that pragmatism word. You know, you need somebody who's just going to come in and and work with the tools that they've got. And we need that first, ma- the new manager bounce, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone, in, yeah. pick up some results. But but the principle of applying uh, of appointing a young up and coming manager, I think, is still a good one. You know, so it may be someone who's tried uh, elsewhere and you know is on their second or their third job. I think that's okay. I would you like David Artel? Do you know much about him? I've just done a bit of a read up. Um, yeah. Just just up your alley, not, um, because under managerial style in his Wikipedia, I've cheated, Artel has been fined and given touchline bans for his expressive and passionate touchline behaviour. But he got crew up. He was, yeah, for the, yeah, he took uh, crew up. He, he said he was out of puff by, you know, the promotion season and lost it all. But he's only 41. Um, yeah. He was uh, League Two manager of the year of the season that he went up. Obviously, he would be, but you know I, i'd be quite happy with him i think he part of the reason they came down was because he he kind of succeeded too quickly you know sometimes if you take up a team uh, not quite by fluke but you know you surprise everyone confound expectation have a, a a season where you you win promotion before you've kind of got the foundations it's a little bit like i think if we'd gone up under flynn in that first playoff final against tranmere I think we'd have come straight back down and, and oh yeah, like in a worse situation because we'd won promotion before we were ready. Whereas I think if we'd won against Morecambe, we might have kind of stuck it a little bit. The the interesting thing about Artel, just reading about him, because he is the front runner at two to one, so maybe it serves as an educational piece for people listening, still listening. There's that he was quoted to say at the end of the season of which he got relegated from Crew is that he was doing coaching, recruitment, scouting, loan strategies, transfer strategies, individual development, contract negotiations, but. With Darren Kelly, I was going to say he'll be, out of a, he'll be out of a job, won't he? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe he's worth a punt. Seems to be a strong one. Someone sensible. Uh, I think we just want to see the appointment. Like Newport County have appointed, you know, whoever. And... Give it Ian Street for six months. See what happens. Oh, I mean, charcuterie everywhere. Um, <laughs> all over the <laughs> all over the dressing room floor. Bovril. <laughs> And they go on the train everywhere, wouldn't they? <laughs> Away days would be great. Right then, shall we end this emergency podcast with uh, any shout-outs shout outs or beefs? It's been a whole three days since our last podcast. Shout-outs uh, shout outs to James Robry, right? So, um, you know, it takes, again, some serious stones to jump from being just a, a coach. And not just a coach, but he was positioned as the best coach in Wales and that. And But I think Coaching and managing is completely, obviously, is completely different. And he had a go. You know, I, I, I did. I for the first few months, I lived vicariously through James because he was a local boy. He would have uh, played for the same sort of adversarial sides that my main United did back in the day, right? And we were a similar age. And it's, it was, it was a wonderful story. Um, and I hope he really did enjoy it. And it's a real damn shame that it had to finish now. I'll probably get burned at the stake for this i do think he he was deserving of a little bit more time um two or three games max um but hey ho that's football um so big shout out james robry yeah absolutely agreed um i hope he goes away you know i think he'll learn from this experience it's his first job in management i think he'll learn from this and i hope he goes on to have a successful managerial career whether it's 
obviously it's not going to be with the county now, but I hope he, he takes his le- lessons from this and I'm sure he'll, he'll have a good career. I'm going to give a shout out to the board for making what I think must have been a really difficult decision and for doing it relatively swiftly after the Rochdale game. Uh, again, I think a lot of keyboard warriors seem to expect that like Gavin Foxall would have been waiting by the tunnel with Robery's P45 <laughs> the second the full-time whistle went. But you've got to remember there is a person at the centre of all of this with a family and with bills to pay. And it's a conversation that I think has to be had sensitively and respectfully. And, you know, I wasn't in the room. I don't know what was said, but I would hope that the, the time that was taken to announce the decision reflects the fact that the club wanted to handle it properly. And I think that's too... Uh, to the club's credit Um, and on a kind of similar note I have a beef with anyone who was tweeting abuse at the club's uh, social media admin after the Rochdale game because the person reading those tweets is a junior member of staff probably not earning anything like as much as they deserve to do and without any say over the manager situation so you know don't be a dick to someone on social media and if you wouldn't um, want someone tweeting it a member of your family don't tweet it to someone else. I'm going to give a shout out to um, the I just say the the fan. I I know we've just sort of slagged off some of the fan base for their, for their abuse, but like broadly speaking, with the fan base. I mean, Tuesday night last week, six hundred and fifty odd people going to Swindon um, to watch uh, what was an incredibly disappointing game, um, and I kind of get it. Like I, I mean, everybody heard yeah my my views after that game i came away disappointed but you know i wouldn't have it any other way I, i'll go again i'll i'll go to a, a random tuesday night away i'll go to you know the other part of the country and stuff to follow this this team so shout out to like the fans sort of sticking by um this side because it's i know obviously we like like a team with results and we don't want to go down and stuff but not everyone can go up sometimes in league two you just have a bit of a middling season and sometimes it's just a bit eh, bit rubbish bit in there brings you down on a weekend but you still go back the next saturday so shout out to to um to the fans generally we're always pleased to hear any feedback or suggestions uh from you the listeners uh so you can always get in touch with us at 1912xls on twitter or 1912xls podcast on facebook so all that's left for me is to thank the panel jamie ed and jack cheers yep till the next one and until next time stay safe and keep it county Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.